Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold, the other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Mike's podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and of course, Michael's with me. Hello, everybody. Back again for another episode. So excited. This is, this is the penultimate episode, right? I was exactly going to use that word, the penultimate episode. Ha, be, uh, I beat you to it. I beat you to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe that the next episode is the finale. This is an incredible episode. Um, we're, of course, talking about episode 12 of season five, Texas Whatever. Um, this was directed by Kyle Chandler. Uh, yes, you heard that right. Our leading actor directed this episode, which is pretty amazing. It's a great episode. Yeah, uh, you can tell he probably spent a lot of time, you know, doing all the pre-work for this this episode. Um, and it's not uncommon, I think, for actors or actresses that have been on a show for a long time. Because after a while, they get, like, producer credits. And yeah. I think that's exactly what he was at this point. And so he's more or less, I think, probably said something like, I, I really want to direct an episode in this final season. And so he... They just figured what's the best one to do, and the penultimate one was the one to go with. Yeah, I think it's a great choice because, I mean, it's so well-directed, it's well-written. Of course, it's written by our main guy, Peter Berg. Um, phenomenal. Uh, we'll give you the breakdown. Um, so the school board considers eliminating a football program to meet budget cuts, making Dylan a one-team town again. Meanwhile, Tammy is considering a job offer that Coach Eric Taylor is eager to dismiss. Uh, don't really agree with that, but we'll get into that. Tyra, um, she returns to town. And by the way, when I saw Adrian Palicki's name come up in the credits and the opening of this, I was like so happy. I like paused it when Got Some Popcorn came back. I'm like this is a really good episode. I know it. <laughs> and I, you know, you said you didn't you didn't cry up until Grandma Saracen, and I'm a little surprised only because I thought that whenever she appeared on screen that you were going to be, like, shedding tears, like... I was elated. That's why I was like, I was proud of myself. I'm like, I made it through the whole episode without shedding a tear. Then they threw at the end, Grandma Saracen. Like, guys, you had to do it. <laughs> yeah. They find a way They find a way to bring the waterworks. <laughs> Truly. Um, but yeah, she returns to town and questions Tim about his plan to leave Texas. The Panthers' boosters approach Buddy. Luke confronts Tim about his relationship with Becky following an abortive open school board hearing. Uh, he hearing um, Vince and Jess try to plead the Lions case directly with the chairman of the school board. Uh, so there's a lot to break down and digest in this episode, and I can't wait to talk about every bit of it. And I don't know where we should even start. <laughs> it's it's a tough one. Um, man, Everything we're... is important. <laughs> Uh, I want to say, I want to save the Tammy Eric stuff for last. So yes. why don't, why don't we start with, um, Tim? All right. Tim has a lot this episode as well. Um, 
we get an open and before the credits roll, we see this really short scene of him angrily throwing his bed out of the motorhome for no reason. He just does. Um, but I guess it gives the viewers a chance to look at his physique because he's just wearing boxers and he looks as good as he ever did. Well, well, he's um, t- uh, yeah, right, Tim Riggins, uh, <laughs> the actor. Um, he's he's pretty big about keeping himself in in ridiculous shape um so that's not surprising it certainly shows that uh he knows how to keep himself well in shape um what's his name taylor kitsch Kitsch, yeah yeah taylor kitsch and yeah, yeah so he's pretty big on keeping himself in great shape and and he's done that all throughout the run it shows yep um so yeah the He's at the bar, and um, I guess I'll tr- I want to keep kind of Billy separate, but um, Billy does come in at one point, and Tim lets him know that he is gonna move to Alaska and work pipelines. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Can you imagine Tim Regan's freezing his ass off in Alaska? No. It is uh, very foreign. All I could think about is like Dexter going to Alaska. Oh, becoming a lumberjack. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Like he can just hang out with Dexter and clearly just be a lumberjack, do whatever. (laughs) Maybe he can help Dexter out with his kills. Right. And honestly, Tim has the look of somebody who could be a serial killer when he was getting out of prison. (laughs) Fair point. He was, he was good close, but, um, at the bar, and uh, the next scene, there's a guy there, and Tim's busy. He, you know, he's saying, wait five minutes, and calls Tim a jailbird, and Tim nearly rips his freaking head off for it. And then you hear this sweet, melodic, clearly missed voice that you know and love taunting back at Tim, saying, I've been waiting five minutes, too, in this purely loving and nostalgic manner, and it's Tyra. It is Tara. He's back, and she's brunette. <laughs> and I was like, I almost didn't recommend it. Turned to her, I'm like, I know that voice. Like, I'm sure that's Tara. And then when it turns to her, I'm like, Oh my goodness, she dyed her hair. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, two things. One, I like the smile on his face. That little smirk. Yeah. It's probably the closest Instant. thing we've got to a full-on smile from Tim since he left prison. Yeah. And B, uh, Adrian. Well, her. Hair was dyed dark for a couple of reasons. One, she had filmed that Wonder Woman uh, pilot, yeah. and so there's that. And I think that I think actually I think that is the primary reason why she was a brunette at that point. She hadn't done, I believe, John Wick yet, so I think that's something she did after this. But uh, yeah, so this is the Wonder Woman brunette hair. <laughs> it suits her. Like I think she looks really good with brunette hair, and like the even kept her makeup very low-key, like, not a lot of makeup on her. Like, you feel like she's definitely made some changes in her college life. Yeah. Yeah. And she seems to be doing pretty... She seems to be doing pretty well for herself. Yeah. And, um, they go outside to the bar, outside the bar, and she talks about how she doesn't like returning to Dillon, Texas. Um, and she also lets out that Mindy's having twins, and she's surprised that Tim didn't know that. Billy didn't talk to him about it. Yeah. But uh, he's not really talking to Billy very much. 
No, he is not. He and he and Billy are not on the best of terms at the moment. And that's the first red flag for Tyra, because uh, at the Colette Riggins hangout, um, it's got the whole gang there: Billy, Mindy, um, their mom. We haven't seen in a long time. She's there, and everyone's there. Um, Tyra tells him that she talked to Tim, and Billy tells her like, "Oh, did he tell you about Alaska?" <laughs> and so many more red flags up ahead, like Tim leaving Texas, like that. That's just like everything must be wrong in his world. <laughs> That that's just not Tim to her. That makes absolutely zero sense to Tyra. Yeah, like something has to really gone wrong for that to happen. And um, of course, she goes to pull out whatever Tim is telling her, and it includes one of the most surprisingly funniest lines that I didn't expect to laugh so hard at. Um, we have the clip for this scene, and we'll let you listen to it. Let me get this straight. You're basically squatting on this land, living in a trailer that isn't yours. Moving to Alaska and not talking to your brother. Was it really that bad? If you're asking if I was raped in prison, Tyra, the answer is no. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. Tim Riggins, what the hell is going on with you? What are you doing? Billy started the chop shop. I had nothing to do with it. We made it out to seem like I had everything to do with it. Wait, so what you're saying... What I'm saying is I went to prison for Billy. That's what I'm saying. Why? Why would you do something like that? He had a son, a wife, a family. I had the opportunity to change something, to give something to Stevie we never had. I gave him his father. Yeah, it's a pretty great scene. Um, I laughed pretty hard at him telling Tyra that he wasn't raped in prison. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Like, if <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, Tyra, if you're asking if I was raped in prison, the answer is no. Oh, that's that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> love it. I love their conversations. But um, he nevertheless tells her that he essentially took the fall for Billy, and it becomes crystal clear to her why he's acting like this. And she understands, like, there's the Tim that she knows is there, like the one that took this fall so that Stevie could have the life that he and his brother didn't have. That is the noblest of reasons to do something like that. I agree, but I, I want to talk about something that I have a problem with here. And that the is... The fact that he's trying to be innocent in this? Right. It's the lack of accountability, which yeah. is... Okay, yes, this was Billy's idea initially. But Tim, if you go back, remember, he initially was against it. And he told Billy so. But then the lure of all that money and the possibility of taking that money and getting his land was what pushed him um what, what what's what pushed him into accepting doing this like yes. basically it was a battle of um more morally what should we do here versus hey if we just do this for a little bit of time i can make a ton of money and get the land that i want and then we'll stop but at the end of the day 
I'm irritated that that Tim is trying to more or less pawn the responsibility on all of this onto Billy. Yes, Billy started it, and he never should have started it. But but at the same time, Tim is not some white angel in all of this. He was doing it too. He accepted responsibility. Well, he should have accepted responsibility ultimately. Uh, in terms of the fact that he needs to admit that he made a mistake too, and he didn't. He's putting this all on Billy, and it's not all of Billy's mistake to uh, in terms of responsibility. Tim was yeah, part of this equation. Yeah, it's not like it would have been Billy going to prison and that was that. It was both of them going to prison because Tim had equal part in this endeavor. Like, yes, he, like as you said, he was resistant at first, but eventually... He was participating. You know, he was chopping these cars up. He wasn't innocent in this. Like, he fully, like, he would have gone to prison no matter what. <laughs> um, but he decided to take the fall for Billy as well. It's like, it, you would have been there either way. Yeah, no, yeah, he did it for a great reason. He nobly accepted full responsibility to spare Billy. But at the same time, like I said, Tim... Tim is acting as though he has no fault in all of this, and he does. And it just irritates me that he's looking at it solely in this light when he knows full well that he was under those cars doing all that too. Yeah, I agree with you. There should have been some kind of mention about it. He just seemed like he was in no wrong whatsoever. Right, exactly. So, but that happens and he talks to Tyra about it um he she ends up later returning to the bar to tell Tim that you know she can't imagine how much he loved Billy to do what he did but that he needs to be sure that he's okay with about losing him if he left and reminding him that Billy was his only family growing up Billy never didn't believe in him he always had faith in Tim um and this little talk gives Tim some clarity like I think he had a little bit of tunnel vision and a lot of anger that was kind of blinding him to the fact that you know yes he made this huge sacrifice for Billy but Billy has made sacrifices for Tim too in his life he raised him pretty much like just made sure he always had a roof over his head and food in the fridge and that's a sacrifice too yeah I agree yeah this gives him a uh, perspective that he he didn't have before because it was just blinding rage and anger. And yeah. so now I think Tim is starting to understand that, like you said, Billy had sacrificed over the course of his life too and had always stuck by Tim, even when Tim was doing stupid things. And, and Billy probably had plenty of times, plenty of reasons to kick, uh, kick Tim out, you know, and all this stuff. You know, he could have done that but he always stuck by Tim, even if he wasn't happy with the decisions that Tim was making. So yeah. Tim needs to to be a little more charitable in that uh, regard as well. Yeah, an understanding. And um, you know, she heads out. She's going to her car, and Tim follows her. And while I've always been rooting for Landry, I'm not mad about this. Um, basically, Tim goes out to her and asks her, like, don't go, don't leave. And he kisses her. And I guess they're back together. But I'm not mad. Um, like, 
I think it's interesting too that they stopped being a couple in the second or third episode of the first season, never to return again, and the second to last episode of the series they're returning together. So I do kind of like that. I think it's really great parallels because they've both grown so incredibly much and have been grown into these mature people that are are compatible now. They were not compatible way back when, but um. Yeah, they're compatible now, and I'm like, I'm not mad. I, I, I like this. I like that they're getting together. <laughs> I agree. I think that uh, this is actually pretty cool. It's kind of like coming full circle. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that you're right. They weren't ready to be together at the time, and I think they are uh, more compatible now uh, than they ever were before, more mature. They've seen more of life, good, the good and the bad. They've grown significantly, and so I do think you're right. This are, these are two people who are ready to actually possibly be in a relationship, maybe. <laughs> but even if they don't, the bond between them is infinitely stronger yeah. than it ever was already. So, it's true. Yeah, there's more empathy there for the other person rather than just selfishness, which is you know what Tim was in season one. And, you know, also Tyra, Tyra. but, but definitely, uh, these two are vastly different people. And she spends the night with him, uh, with him and, and their morning interactions are through the roof adorable. She is making him get up, telling him like, get up, take me somewhere. (laughs) This cute little neediness and like, he's not getting up. So she climbs on his back and she's clinging to him. It's pretty stinking cute. Mm, yeah it's nice to see the interactions there like there's already a comfortability between these yes. two and that's great to see yeah, there's no um no real shyness anymore no, there shouldn't be <laughs> there shouldn't be yeah really um and tim of course takes her to somebody wants her to see and that's his property and mm. he's standing there with her the sun's coming up and it's a really beautiful scene she can appreciate everything he sees in this property. And I think Alaska is very far from his mind now. Well, that's what she says to him, you know, like, really? Alaska? <laughs> yeah. Like, you would choose Alaska You're gonna over this? you leave this for Alaska? Like, it's obvious that this one moment is all it, all it takes to really make Tim understand that, that that decision is just stupid. There's no reason to go off to Alaska. And he can't run from his problems and he can't run from everything. He needs to confront it. If he has to to get over the issues with Billy, he needs to talk to Billy about it. He needs to work this out because clearly his heart is not going to be in Alaska. It needs to be in Texas where it always has been. Yeah. It's where he belongs and can't see Tim ever leaving it. No. And But that is Tim's storyline and... Tyra's as well, um, for the most part. She has one scene with Julie, but other than that, most of her scenes have been with Tim. Yeah, the the t- the stuff with Julie was pretty interesting, and we could talk about that too. Yeah. Do we want to just jump into Julie a bit? She doesn't have too much this episode, but she does have a good scene with Tyra. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, so Julie this episode, um, basically Tammy, she returns home late. And from her meeting, she's excited. Um, she plans on telling Eric about her news. Um, 
but she gets a surprise in return. Julie has returned home. She's finished her exams early. And so, yeah, she's very happy that her kid's there. It's really sweet to see. And we see Julie this episode not too much, but, you know, she drives by the Saracen home um, where Grandma Saracen lives. And you can see, like, she's looking at that home and contemplating something. Uh, probably just her relationship with Matt. Well, probably wondering if he's there yet, because apparently it's Christmas time. Uh, which is kind of strange to me to think that playoffs would be at Christmas time. It's getting, well, it's getting close. It's not quite Christmas yet. It's still, I think it's still probably a, a, a few weeks off, but okay. yeah. But eventually she, Tara comes to hang out with her and um, this is post some bad news, <laughs> but um, she's hanging with Tara and I, I really missed their conversations and their friendship. It's, I love it. And it's like nothing's no time has passed. They're the same with each other. And you know, she Julie talks about Matt and uh she misses him and how the relationship is kind of, you know, floating in the infinite vast of the world. Like they don't have it's not stable. They don't know like what's doesn't know really what's what. And, but they know that they want something there. And um I love how Tyra explains Dylan that when you're out of Dylan, the world acts and moves normally. But when you're in Dylan, it's like nothing else matters but Dylan. It's like a snow globe. Yeah. You know, it's like it has this pull to it, like this vortex of gravity, yeah. gravitational pull. And, um, like, you know, I think it's a love-hate relationship for both of these girls. They hate Dylan for similar reasons, I think. But then they also love Dylan as well. Uh, Julie loves it, I think, for the familiarity and um, family. And I think Tyra is probably kind of the same. Like She probably hates coming back, but when she's here, it feels like slumping into a warm bath. It just – Yeah. What, it's a warm bath, but it's, um, it's full of piranhas. <laughs> so uh, – Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's nice, you know. It's nice yeah. to see these two interact. Yeah, I totally agree. I I miss those interactions between the two of them. And uh, I'm curious if, you know, we got one episode left. If Landry's even going to show up, and I'm curious to see who the interactions with, yeah, you know, Julie and Landry and Matt and Tyra, <laughs> if it happens it's, at all. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I'm gonna, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say is it's going to be fun. And I, everyone I talk to is always like, I don't get told anything about the season finale, just that I'm going to be very happy. Okay. <laughs> that's all I get told. <laughs> that's all you should get told. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. Talk about Jess and Vince a bit. Let's do it. All right. So Jess, she is very stressed over the news that the football team may be the one cut. And it breaks her heart that she may not find this opportunity again to pursue the career. Like she is so passionate about, you know, being a football coach and getting this amazing opportunity to shadow, you know, one of the, not just one of the best coaches in America, one of the best high school coaches in America, but also somebody who is willing not to laugh at her. The fact that she has these dreams, he's willing to let her shadow him and, you know, this decision could have her dreams up in flames. And that's 
so hard to watch, especially she's so happy last episode and her hopes are high. Yeah, it's tough to watch this. Um, this dawning realization, I think, that her her hopes and dreams could have died, you know, before they even really got started. You know, like yeah. where does she go from here if things don't work out? Exactly. Does she even have a shot? Yeah, like her, like, her shot would be to follow uh, Eric wherever he goes, so she can still shadow him. <laughs> Other than that, well, it's like, what are your options? It, it could be across town. <laughs> <laughs> could be across America, <laughs> but could be. But uh, you know, obviously, you know, Eric's got some offer to comp- contemplate. Oh yeah, but um, eventually she she and Vince are at the the meeting of um debate. I'm gonna use air quotes debate over who should be getting the football team, Panthers or the Lions. It, it is freaking chaos. People are just screaming over each other. No one can get a word in. People are being horribly rude and so defensive. It's a nightmare. Like no one can have any understanding in that meeting. Oh no! I mean, you gotta look. It, it's you know, if you're a fan of the Lions, this is ridiculous because you feel like the other team is just jealous. I mean, you have the the quote unquote. Panthers, the supposed top dogs, you know, for how long have now been supplanted by the Lions. And do you think that this is just because of funding? Or do you think that all of a sudden they see, you know, Vince on the other side of town, this golden boy who can bring them uh, a title over across town if we could just find a way to get him into a Panthers uniform? Right. It's, it's don't, don't think that's not part of it because it would oh, be yeah. foolish to, to believe otherwise. Joe may not be there anymore, but the Panthers' um, hands and everything runs very deep. Well, the song Devil Town, which has been played many times throughout this series, it's a nice song because it kind of is a nice way of explaining this town. It's, it's very um, true. It's good but in some ways, but it's also got some bad things about it, which is the all-consuming thing about football and the passion for football and the need and desire for championships and titles and all that. And if, you know, the team across town has a couple of really great players, they're going to do what they got to do in order to get, you know, Vince and company over there. In any way they can. Exactly. Whether it be good or bad. Exactly. But, um, so Vince and Jessica can't get a word in on this meeting. Um, the two of them end up privately talking to the chairman, and he's, I guess, the person who's going to mitigate the decision uh, for Lions or Panthers. Uh, it'll eventually be like a vote, but I'm sure he's like the the voice of reason. Um, but Vince, eventually, he just lays out what Eric has done for him and the team. Um, he just tells him that uh, you know, he's been like a father um, and that the Lions don't deserve to not exist. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, nice to see. You know, they go there with great intentions. They want to put their piece in because they feel like it it's necessary. And the guy seems appreciative and sympathetic to their plight. It seems like the one moment of peace he's had the whole day. I know, which is just awful. You think this guy's probably got an ulcer, you know, the size Seriously. of a, size of a golf ball sitting in his stomach. Yeah, and um, after this, you know, they have. 
the big meeting. Everyone's waiting outside. Reporters are waiting outside for the big news. And before they say anything, you already know what's going to happen because, like you said, the Devil Town song starts playing. Mm-hmm. And we know this song. It's been played before. Um, it's not usually a good <laughs> thing when it plays. No. Uh, it, the hearing went. Um, five to two vote went through. And the Dylan Panthers shall remain. And it's rough. Like, everyone is celebrating, like, who knew that, like, this town even cared about the Panthers anymore? Because, you know, we just see everyone voting for the Lions. But apparently there's still a lot of passion for the Dylan Panthers. And, um, yeah, I think this is the, I think they played this song, too, when they chose Joe over Eric to coach the Dylan Panthers round two, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they did. Yeah. I like the song. It's it's kind of your warning signal that something's going to be changing, not for the better. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty devastating. Um, do we? I think this is. We have a clip for this one, don't we? For what? Which, for what? For the the Devil Town the announcement. Do we? No. No, we don't. <laughs> not this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which clips we had. Um, but yeah. Anyways, that that's happened, and we have a great moment where Vince, like, he's worried immediately, comes up to Eric, and uh, he's worried about, like, what's going to happen, and Eric just assures him, like, next year you're going to be a Dylan Panther, nothing's going to change, you're still going to have an amazing career, uh, you're just going to be on a different team, and just make, reassures him that nothing's going to change for him. Yeah, he does his best here. It's nice to see this because you can see we're back to that father-son kind of relationship and that trust that Vince has. Uh, now that now that Vince has gotten over himself and the kind of the bad relationship with his father is obviously taking its toll, but he's starting to see things or is already seeing things clearly like he always, well, he usually did before back when he trusted Eric at the beginning of the season, when their bond was strong and we're back to that bond. Now we're back to the strength of these two working together in unison. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And, uh, just after this news, you know, she's in coach's office, dropping off folders, looking over his notes. I think she's maybe trying to absorb everything she can before, it's all going to get taken away from her. Vince comes in, he catches her, and he's talking to her, and they find a way to mend their relationship back together. Um, I like that she says, you got two strikes against you. And he's like, I was born two strikes against me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. I think it, it's nice. It's You know, this is the Vince that she fell in love with. Yeah, exactly. So they're back together, all's well in their world, except for the impending doom of the team. <laughs> but oh, then that, that, that little it. plot point, by the way. Right? <laughs> Just a little side note. <laughs> but yeah, so that's nice that they get back together. And that's basically all they have this, this episode. That's it, yeah, which is just fine. We got, you know, other characters like Tammy and company. Oh, God, yeah. We'll get to them. Um, uh, who do we want to talk about? We got a couple of characters we still got to get through. Luke, Buddy, and Matt. Who do we want to touch on? Um, Let's do Buddy. Oh, 
okay, buddy, man. <laughs> a little resentment towards Buddy. But anyway, he gets a visit from um I'm guessing one of the Panthers one of Panthers coach or one of the boosters, whatever. Um, but of course Panthers have inside knowledge about the hearing, as you know, you do if you're a Panther. And they believe it's gonna sway in their favor and they want Buddy to return to leading the boosters essentially. Right. So the guy shows up and he more or less says, hey, look, this is what's going down. This is what's going to happen. The best thing you can do for yourself is to join the team because we already know the decision that's going to be made. And it obviously obviously came true, you know? Yeah. You hate it, but yeah, it comes true. And uh, after that conversation, he doesn't tell Eric that he got a visit from anybody, but he wants to hear what Eric has planned if the meeting doesn't go their way. And he is more or less just preoccupied. I mean, he's thinking of the playoffs, and he's fairly certain that it's going to sway their way. Like, he doesn't think that there's no way. Like, we're going to state why would they get rid of our team. But basically, he doesn't have a plan, and Buddy kind of wants him already on the side of, hey, they're going to turn this into a super team. What do you think about it? Yeah, basically he's trying to soften him up saying, hey, look, yes. you can you can be the head of the super team next year. You can have facilities that you've never had before. You'll have this just gigantic, wonderful collection of players. You can choose the best of the best. I mean, you this is like guaranteed state title team next year. Yep. No Joe McCoy. Funding out the wazoo, anything you want, anything you've ever wanted, you'll have. Which is quite the opportunity. Well, think about it for a second. This is something he's never had before. You know, he's never, he's always been fighting something. There's always been something that's been in his way, whether it's been Joe, uh, first season or the first uh, yeah, season one, it was uh, having his quarterback go down with a life-altering injury, needing to rely on Matt Saracen as a backup, which, you know, love Maddie to death, but, you know, he, he was scrappy. <laughs> yes. But he was never the great quarterback. Um, and so this is now a position where he's going to get paid a lot more. He can, he can, you know, maybe they can move to a better house in town. Uh, he has, this is like the great, great package for him the best thing he'll ever have, the best opportunity in this town, it's it's hard to say no to that. Very. And, um, yeah, after the bad news of the meeting, you know, he, again, talks to Eric about this, um, that what we've just talked about, he has the whole package. And Eric, he's first, like, very, like, he's prideful. He does not ever want to go back to the Panthers after what was done to him. Rightfully so, I mean, they screwed him over once. Why wouldn't they do it again? Like, say you don't win state, are they going to keep you? Because they're not the most loyal of sorts. Um, Fair point. Like the idea he said of coaching the best of both teams, unlimited resources. And Buddy makes the point that he could be the first coach to get three states under his belt in six years. It would make history. It's a tempting look at the future. I know, right? Because the, you're you're now appealing to a man's ego and. Even as grounded as Eric is in general, 
and he's been around this game for a long time, and I think he knows that the game isn't everything, that there are more important things the game brings that and doesn't have anything to do with state titles. Still, you're you're saying, hey, look, this, this puts you into legend status in terms of coaching. Yes. How can you pass that up? Exactly. Yeah. So that's all Buddy has this episode. Um, jump into Luke. Yep, let's do it. Matt, or not Matt, Luke. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, uh, Matt number two. <laughs> right? It's so true. Um, Luke has scouts from a lower tier school talking to him. Um, essentially, they're bragging about how they're just getting a Costco in their town. Like, that's the kind of lower tier kind of school we're talking about. Um, it's not the most appealing, but it is, you know, an offer into a school for scholarship. So it's something to consider. Like, he... He adores football, like that's his passion. Um, it's not TM, was it TMU, TMU. Um, yeah, TM, but it's something. yeah, TMU. Yeah, yeah, but it's something. I, I want to talk about this for a second because I have something to say here. <laughs> okay, so looking at what they're doing with Luke, okay, I understand from a narrative standpoint, from a story standpoint. That they're trying to show, much like Tim, what happens whenever football doesn't maybe give you what you want. Now, to be fair, on Tim's uh, storyline, we you know he had the opportunity to go and play college football at a good college. All right, he simply gave up on it because he didn't want to deal with the classroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like Luke is again trying to illustrate that. Football doesn't bring you all your dreams and, all, you know, everything you want in life. And I understand that from that standpoint, what they're trying to do, because you have on one hand Vince, who's been only playing football for a little over a season, basically almost two seasons now. And he's been getting offers since the end of his first season as a quarterback. This mm-hmm. raw prospect who probably needs a lot of work still, but coach college coaches are like salivating over – the potential. And then you have Luke, who's been playing football since he was a little kid. And the big problem that I have with this, and it's just, it's a nitpick. And for people that don't watch football, that don't understand football, that don't, you know, have never played football, um, this whole thing isn't going to matter one iota to you. So if you're one of these people and you're listening to this podcast, I'm just going to tell you the problem I have with it. And it's this. The idea that Luke Cafferty, one of the best players, if not the best player that was on the Panthers before he was dragged kicking and screaming to the Lions, who obviously on that football field is almost equal with Vince in terms of his ability. Uh, he's a devastating defensive player. We've seen him lay ridiculous hits on people. Um, he, he's a great running back, comes out of the backfield, catches balls, scores touchdowns. He can do a bit of everything. He's more like a jack-of-all-trades kind of player. The idea that this guy would be lucky to get a Division three scholarship, like this tiny little college out in like the middle of like farmland somewhere, I'm just telling you right now, that's laughable. I'm just saying. It it's, it's laughable. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's obvious that this kid is ridiculously talented and – 
and you know, like the fact that Luke would just have all these colleges chasing him out, Alabama and Florida and, you know, all these colleges. And yet here's Luke Cafferty. Remember the star running back of the Dylan Panthers <laughs> the season yep. before is now just some scrub player could, could, can't even muster up a, an offer. Yeah, it doesn't Come seem on. legitimate. Come on. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I don't mean to harp on it. It's just from a story standpoint, I understand it. But from a reality standpoint, this is as close. This is far from re- reality as me uh, winning the lottery tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meaning pretty far away. All right. About as far as you can possibly get given the reality that we see on screen. Guy's ridiculously talented. Right now, if this was real life, if if I was looking at Luke Cafferty, a real football player, he would have he would have offers from all over the country. He could pick the college that he would want to go to with a full ride, full scholarship. Uh, he would be inundated with offers, much like Vince is being inundated. So I just want to throw that out there because it just it irritates me knowing football that that Luke is is a uh, struggling to get anybody to even take a look at him yeah that's why i'm like this is sounds insane like he is such a good player like why is this happening like is it really that strict or like no it's it's what it is is um look at this way vince is a good player but trust me luke has made him much better on that football field just because if luke wasn't there teams would key on vince yeah. And with Luke out there, you have to account for him, which means you have to fear what he can do. That's why there's such a one, uh, such a, uh, a good one-two combo out in the field because they make each other better. Take one away, and it's going to be a little harder. And and so you know, again, if Luke wasn't that good, that'd be a problem, and and Vince wouldn't have as easy of a time out there as he does. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm just gonna quit my rant. That's it. It's That's fair. all I'm gonna say. Sorry. Uh, I just had no, to hijack it's totally the totally legitimate conversation. Yeah, I just had to hijack that conversation. I've been thinking about it for weeks now anyway, so. <laughs> we had to get it out. Yeah. I mean, right. let's move ahead. Right. <laughs> so, um, Luke, uh, Becky, she comes to see him on his farm. And she feels like she needs to, you know, let him know about the relationship she has with Tim. And you know, she's very honest and truthful letting him know that, yes, she loves Tim, and she holds him on a pedestal, but it's not real, and she knows that, and what is real is Luke to her, and that she wants him, um, and he's a colossal ass to her. Uh, I think he just heard Tim's name, and he blacked out after that, because I think he maybe he's too angry still. He's built up something that's not correct in his head, but he's just angry. He thinks very differently thinks that you know she would jump for tim in a second over him and it's just not true um she clearly is stating that you know she wants luke like she's choosing him but he's not being very nice about it at all no he's not like you said he blacked out after he heard the word tim riggins right? <laughs> and that's it and and so yeah this is like probably the worst we've ever seen him treat her you know but it's yeah. just out of, it's out of jealousy here there. And insecurity from a 17 slash 18 year old kid. So can't blame him. When you yeah. look at Tim, can't blame him for being a little insecure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to say, 
you look at Tim's body and if you're a guy, you're like, I got to go to the gym more. <laughs> I have no shots. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Luke, next day, he goes to talk to Tim at Buddy's Bar. And he asks him about his relationship with Becky. And Tim more or less tells him exactly what Becky had already told him. Um, you know, he cares a great deal for Becky. Um, and he wants, like, good things for her. But that's the extent of their relationship. There's nothing romantic about it whatsoever. Um, from his standpoint, anyways. And um, <laughs> Tim, um, Luke takes this all in. And then he switches to, you know, being the classic Dylan footballer he is, he switches to getting advice about football. <laughs> Well, yeah, he wants to know what Tim's opinion is on this whole college thing. And yeah. Tim more or less says, hey, look, it's a great offer, but, you know, leave it out in the field. You know, you don't have, this doesn't have to be it for you, you know? It's it's true. Like, there should be quite a bit more coming down the pike for him. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically what Luke has this episode. Um, and then I guess we can touch on Mac. He's a little small, small appearance, um, small scene, but it's pretty amazing one. Uh, so it's Christmas time and Matt returns home to Grandma Saracen with a big Christmas tree. And I, I just see her and she's just so elated to see Matt. She's so happy. I start bawling immediately. <laughs> and uh, well, she's we like, well, we have the clip for it. Do you want to play the clip first? Okay, go play the clip. Okay. Hello? Hey. It's me. It? It's me. It's Matthew, Grandma. Matthew? Matthew, I got us. Is got that us, really you? It's really me. I got us a big Christmas tree. Is that really tree. you? It's really me. Mother! Give me a hug. Happy Christmas. You okay? What? Are you surprised? <laughs> I'm so surprised. Good. I didn't know you were coming home. Well, good. Did you I... tell your daddy you were home? Did you tell everybody? No, you're the only person who knows. I'm the only one. Surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. And I'm happy. <laughs> Me too. Did you say it was Christmas? Yeah, it's Christmas. Merry, <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. I love you, Grandma. Oh, I love you too. I love you. Glad you're here. Yeah, like how freaking sweet is that? And you know, you can clearly see like they're not um they're showing her the development of her dementia. Like she still thinks that Matt's dad's gonna come home for Christmas. Yeah. Um but you know, you just gotta roll with it and just you know, she's not gonna remember that conversation, but you know, the fact that she knows who Matt is still, she's so happy to see him and it is just such a nice scene. It's so sweet. It's nice to see her again. We haven't seen her much, uh, I think, one time this season. And, um, yeah, it's just it's nice to see Grandma Saracen. It's nice to see Matt back in a place that he's very familiar with, that we've seen him in many, many times. And it's like he never left, you know? Yeah. I just wish we would have learned more about Matt's mom and and what happened there. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? But... So. I, I would have liked to see her stick around and be the one that was taking care of her, but you know, at least Grandma Saracen seems to be getting on just fine. Yeah, it seems like the nurse that she's she's uh, hanging out with, they seem to know each other really well, so that's good. And that, that's really all that matters, that there's someone there that she can talk to. Exactly. 
All right. The big one? Yes. Let's jump into uh, Tammy and Eric. <laughs> oh, boy. This is tough. It's so tough. Um, like we said, you know, Tammy's returned home, but she didn't get a chance to tell Eric her big news. So she go- at the school, she goes and visits him in his office on, like, lunch break, I'm assuming. And she tells him about the job offer that she's received. And she's very honest about how she would like to pursue it. And you know, for the first time, Eric is in a position of thinking about uprooting his life for her career this time. And it, it's a bit of a shock to him. Like I, He doesn't really know how to process it. Um, the fact that he would have to leave Dylan, you know, his home, is it's where his family is, where their friends are, uh, his life, his job. And um, he doesn't want to think about it at this moment. Like He needs time to process it, but he kind of brushes it off. He's not very nice, Tammy. But she lets him just think about it for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he brushes her off. And it's it's kind of sad that he's not willing to have that conversation. But I think he was blindsided. And he just has he the time to think about it for a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, after some time and events that play out in this episode, uh, they have a conversation at home, right? Yeah. Um, we have the clip for this one, don't we? Yes, we do. And play it now. Alright. I'm sorry. This afternoon, I, uh... I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around this. I understand. I know how much you want this. You, buddy. It's not lost on me. I know how much this means to you. I appreciate that. But I am sorry. We've got an obvious problem here. I don't necessarily see it as a problem. I mean, if you look at the situation right now with these football teams and Dylan with the Lions, I mean, this could be a blessing to have this opportunity to get a real good income in. So you're rooting against us? Is that what you're saying? Against who? Us? Me? Against my team? Oh, the oh the Lions. Yeah, the oh, Lions. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I, I, I should have known. Of I course, you were talking the about the Lions. Of, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know if you meant us, the, you and I, or us, the Lions. Of course, you meant the Lions. Yeah. You know what, honey? Yeah. I have been a coach's wife for 18 years. Bed, 18. Mm-hmm. Well aware of that. Every decision this family has made has been based on your coaching career. I don't see why we can't look at something else beyond football especially because it's not just an opportunity for me this is an opportunity for our family can't we even have that conversation yeah boy this is potent stuff (laughs) it's yeah, it starts off quite civilly, like, um, it seems very open to it. Uh, he apologizes for, you know, when he talked, um, to her, like he couldn't handle it moment, but, um, it, then he gets a bit <sighs> narrow sighted, um, thinking more about his career than hers. Right. Like that line where, you know, he says 
about the team and everything. And she's like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, the Lions. How, you know, why would I ever think anything otherwise that you won't be talking about us as a team? You'd be talking about your, your football team, you yeah. know, like ultimately what she's saying is, of course, that's always about your team, your football team. It's never about, you know, the best interest for the family. And it always seems like the best interests of the family are always lay in the direction of the best interest for you and for football and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's tough to watch them fighting because when they fight, it's just, it's, it's hard to watch because they, they're usually very like when they fight it's small fights and they're very symbiotic. They're quick to apologize, but this is a huge issue. Um, one of them has to sacrifice a great deal and there's a lot at stake on both ends right now. Well, right. Because if Eric says, okay, fine, we'll go, you know, up to your college thing, then he's leaving behind a great job opportunity back with the Dillon Panthers. I think a five-year deal, by the way, you know, yeah. so you, what you have here is job security, much better pay. That remember that house that she wanted back a few seasons back? You remember that? Oh, they could easily get that. I mean, now that house that she was dying to get on, I'm not saying that that particular house would be available at this point, but a house like that they could easily get. And to have that kind of job security, he never had that before. Now he now he would have it, and yep. uh, all the facilities and the money and all of it to say, I'm going to give that up. That's hard, but at the same time, you have Tammy, who has an opportunity that she's never had before, at a college to be the dean at this college. I mean, as she so rightly said, for years and years, we've always put your needs ahead of mine. We've always followed you wherever you went, for your job, for football. It's, it's my turn. 18 years. I've always come second, or at least my career has always come second to your career. Now I think it's time that we let my career take the take the lead. Exactly, she deserves it. Like for eighteen years, um, she's been dealing with this, like being the football coach's wife. Mm -hmm. It's time for her career to be able to come to the front for a little bit or forever. Like I think I'm pretty sure the pay is going to be equal to what Eric would be earning, if not. Probably more, more honestly, because yeah. you're talking about a near a near Ivy League kind of college. I mean, granted, I'm just pulling this number out of thin air, but uh, you're probably looking at a couple hundred thousand dollars, at least. Easily. Um. So I mean, you're looking at someone because I'm sure wherever they're going to, it'd probably be pricey to live up where they're at in Philadelphia. That college is at. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Philadelphia would probably be like, that's pretty big town. So definitely a lot of colleges there. Um, it would be pricey for sure. Yeah. So you're probably looking at somewhere between, I would say probably 100000 to $200,000. It's a pretty sweet deal. Pretty sweet deal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so there's been no agreement between her and Eric on her job offer. And she's, you know, she's fairly upset about it. Um when she when the meeting's happening, the big chaotic meeting, she's staying at home and Julie's there and she asks if if she's okay and she replies like, 
you know your father and I love each other very much, right? Those are the worst words to hear as a kid. Exactly. That is the we're getting divorced words. <laughs> That's the words that get told to you before you get told very bad news. Right. Um, so it's a big red flag for everyone watching. They're scary words. Yeah, I, you can see the look on Julie's face because she's never seen this before. She you know? is worried. Yeah, this is something to worry about for sure. And she should be she should be worried. This is uh these are never words that I think we ever thought that we would hear from either one of these people. Hell and no. uh the fact that we are is it's it's a worrying thing for sure. Very. Um so after they get told the results that the Lions are not gonna be the team that's gonna be done, it's gonna be the Panthers. Um, Eric comes home. He tells her what's happened and what's been offered to him. And she doesn't need to ask him what he wants. It's fairly clear he wants to stay with this offer that's been given to him. And Tammy tells him congratulations with the look of hurt, resentment, and betrayal. Like, I've never seen anyone before. Because in this moment, he's essentially picking his happiness over hers. And she leaves the house. She takes her purse and her boots, and she leaves. I don't think she returned that night. But um, we do know that she's there in the morning because all the boosters show up on her doorstep the next morning and um, she invites them in. And the episode ends with her telling Eric 18 years before she goes into hostess mode. It's a really bleak ending. Yeah, um, I, I want to well, I want to talk about the things she says to him when she tells him um, congratulations about getting the offer. Yeah. And she said, I'm just going to tell you what you didn't have the grace to tell me. Yeah. What words like, you know, it ain't, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Because and she's right, because he, he hasn't said anything about congratulations on being even offered this opportunity because he can't see past his own needs and wants. Exactly. So it is like. Say in like the next episode, the season finale, like he caves and they end up going to pursue her job opportunity. There's going to be resentment there from him. And if they decide that they're staying in Dylan, she's going to resent him very much. It's not a good outlook. It's true. It's true. I'm, it, it's I'm really be... curious what that's. Like, we got one episode left. What the hell is going to happen? I know. <laughs> and I know you're, you're itching to go watch it, aren't you? Oh god, yeah! Like once we're done finishing this, I'm I'm off to watch it. Yep, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that ends the episode. Yes, we have one left. Like, oh my god, how did we ever get to this point? <laughs> well, well, you know what? I think we should get down to our final thoughts and our final grades so that you can go and actually watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to start her off? Sure. Um, you know, things are coming to a head here. You know, we're seeing these storylines. We're now coming to the very end for a lot of people's stories. Uh, what's going to happen with coach and, uh, Tammy with Eric and Tammy, what's going to happen with Matt and Julie is, uh, Tim going to finally be able to get over whatever injustices he feel he feels have, has been laid upon him. Um, you know these are these are important questions, very important, and you know I just want to find out what happens. 
You know, are they going to win state next week? You know, um, is Jess going to have the opportunity to fulfill her dreams? These are all important questions, and I'm just excited to find out. But in terms of this episode, I think that it's brought us to a really great moment. You never thought that the coach and wife team that we've seen for nearly five seasons will be put into a state like this where we actually have to consider the possibility that they could split up over this opportunity because this is not something Tammy's going to let go of. No. And, and Eric... it's something that Eric can let slip by him. Right. So you have two people in positions that they don't want to leave. And what does that mean for the future? Scary. Very scary. So Seriously. it yeah. is. And... um you know, we'll see what happens uh, on everybody and their stories, and we'll talk about it uh, in the next episode, in the finale. So look forward to that. Uh, I'm going to have to give it – I feel like a broken record, but this is the third <laughs> week in a row I've given it an A. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, so many things are coming to a head. Lots of things are up in the air, especially with Tammy and Eric – Everyone seems to have made peace with something or other, but those two are the ones that are still, their lives are up in the air, and it's kind of scary. Um, it's really intense to see Tim, you know, at least he's finding like, a little bit of peace with you know Tyra's guidance. Um, love seeing Tyra again. Like The show feels whole when she returns, and the things she brings, like she seeing her with Tim, she is the balancing factor for him. Like when she's around, he can always be stable. And I love, I like their dynamic. Um, so I really love that. It's so, I, I love that they incorporated the devil town song. Cause you always know like it had to come sometime towards the ending. Um, something bad's going to follow it. Um, and it is bad that they're, you know, getting rid of the lions team. But I think it also presents good opportunity for a lot of kids. But I also got to question, like, how can uh, Vince end up going over to the other team? He lives on the other side of town, and apparently they can't cross over. Well, uh, that doesn't matter if there isn't a another school district, because literally the, the school itself, the entire school is closing down. That hasn't been, like, made, like clear it just sounds like they're getting rid of their football program well i think that that's what it means though really because of the, if, if the they, they have no they have no funding for for the school right yeah, i mean that's what it sounds like to me at least i could be wrong i mean they might actually be going to this school maybe maybe that's the case maybe they're going to the school but then they have to travel across town to go to football practice it's crazy to think about like they, why would they squander money into it for one year and then reclose it? Like it's crazy. You might be right. It's very, it's very possible that you, you might be right there. But yeah, whatever it is, it's it's bad. It's bad for their future. Um, but hopefully, every one of them still gets a chance to play football. I I can't see them getting that taken away from them. That's just insanity. Uh, it's a pretty phenomenal episode. Um, I I, ha- I feel like a broken record too. I have to give it an A plus. And I know I'll be saying that probably next episode too, because I have no doubt that uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. 
but I have to give it an A+. Plus. It deserves nothing less. <laughs> yes, it, it has Tyra in it. <laughs> wow. That's, that, it's instant A+. Plus. <laughs> that's true. I can't, I can't, I can't argue with that. Right? <laughs> so. Uh, all right, everyone. That's it for this episode. Uh, we'll end it as we always do. We're, we're almost done. Uh, oh, no. Clear eyes. Well, hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right. We'll see you in the finale in the next episode. Super excited. Can't wait. Uh, see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Friday Night Mike's podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanik. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at LabyrinthRose or at FreakGeeks.